What up, what up? I'm Trion Longsmith. And I'm Erin Drake Lee. And we are the mamas of BB's Are Trash. We are two liberated mamas smashing the patriarchy, one candid conversation around healing through mothering at a time. We're going to dig deep and go through that trash and get to them treasures. We're going to go down to the bottom, find that trapdoor, go down more to the mo bottom, and unleash that goldy gold gold. We're going to face ourselves, y'all, because that's where all the good stuff is. That fearless honesty getting us to the other side. On this episode, Jessica Kramer is back, and we're talking about ancestral trauma. Ancestral trauma. So fun and exciting. It is. I think it is. It's fascinating. It's informative. It's important. It's very important. And it's interesting. Yeah. And it's necessary. Exciting and fun. Fun, not so much. Well, acknowledging Interesting things can be fun. Things that, that you're curious about learning about and hearing discussed. True. Fun. All right. All right. I'll give you that. I'll give you fun. We're going to find it. We will find the fun. Let's get into it. Hi. Hi. How you doing, Erin? I'm doing okay. How are you, Jessica? I'm pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. It's sunny out. It is sunny. sunny. It's a relief. Mm-hmm. It's been and a it's lot not too of... hot yet? No. I'm not the the too hot doesn't it's not a thing for it's not me. a thing for you no 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 I love the hot Erin only worries about too cold that yeah, is true I, th- I mean I do too but it does I don't know September and October in LA I get kind of like oh, okay oh no I love it it's I could so just hot. keep doing it doing it doing it all hot all the time I think because it's a dry heat it's not humid well, like, I, I just like don't know what people are talking about <laughs> when they say that what does mean it's you a dry heat well you do in new york you love the way your girls your curls pop. and your oh, skin. I humidity oh yeah. i that's, mean i, yeah. I love humidity. it humidity oh no, no no i know yeah. what humidity and is, that's guys. what i enjoy that's that's the hot experience i want to have i want that my is. curls to be popping i want my skin yes. to be glowing mm-hmm. for sure dry heat i want to put on a no, lot see, less moisturizer see, I, okay wait a second now i don't understand because want the curls popping want your skin to look great that's humidity. I want. Yeah, that's that. why I love humidity. I want. That. Oh, I thought you were saying you like the dry. Heat. No, no, I don't. Like oh, the dry okay. Heat. I was like, what is she talking about? <laughs> Only humidity. How do her curls pop in the, in the dry? dry heat. Mm. They don't. Because mine do not. <laughs> ah. look, they look so sad. Yes, and you know, your skin is dry, and you've got to put on all the moisturizer. It's a lot of it's moisturizer. Just a lot of so much. Way more effort. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But here we are. But here we are. And it's not hot yet, but it's not coming. I, we haven't been to the beach yet. It's mm. Memorial Day-ish. Past, already yeah. went by, and still no beach We've time. been to the beach. You well, went into the water? I should say my family's been to the beach. I didn't go. No. But did they bathe in they the did. ocean? Yeah, they got in the water. Really? Bold. Oh, mm-hmm. I, oh this is appropriate. This is the white side. This is actually this this is, is the white this side. This is what we're so here to talk about today. For those of you that today. don't know, I am married to a white man. Yes. And my child is Be biracial. surprised. I was very surprised. No, I met them all at the same time. So I, I wasn't. But now knowing Tran, I'm like, oh, wow. How did you uh, work that into the equation? Love is a crazy thing. Mm. Um, so, yeah, the, you know, the white people the white in my people family, which would be beach. my husband and daughter. They went to the beach day. on the cold day. They got oh, into the water. Oh, don't do that to hey, Sasha. You know, she's got her skin is pretty pale sometimes. Pretty pale. And I think she takes after Nate in terms of her sensibility about hot and cold. 
Ah. I really do. I think there's mm. something to that. She, I, they seem to have share like a a like of of cold weather and not being hot or not being cold when I'm like freezing and have on a mm. a puff coat. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. But I think there's something to it. I mean, Erin, mm. you're you're mixed. I am half white, mm-hmm. but I lean more towards the black side. Mm-hmm. I think everybody knows that. Yes, <laughs> that's there's we no, all know. There's very little subtlety. Do you left think there. that's because of how you look or how you're perceived by society? Like, how do, how was that defined for you? I think those go together. I don't think you can separate them because there's how I experience it inside my house and the smaller microcosms that I live in. And then there's when I go out into the world, how everybody, how the public and society interfaces with me. I am um, more black looking. I don't look as mixed as many of my mixed friends, family, extended people. Many of them are a little bit more ambiguous, but I am very clearly black and my hair is very clearly black. And so I have always moved through space as a black person, thanks to the one drop rule. (laughs) Um, And so that's the only real way I have perceived myself. I have, I'm, you know, I often reference joking, like how I would be in a room with white people and what it might be like if I was like, no guys, this is the white side talking. I know I look black, <laughs> but I'm also white. So I'm really just white. And they would not. It That's would one not, of my favorite jokes. It would not. It would not. <laughs> it, yeah, it would, it not, would not be not. successful. They yeah. would well, look at me crazy and be like, black lady, what are you saying? What's funny for me is people always think that I'm mixed, but I'm not. So I've always had to say I'm not mixed where people are like, are you mixed? You're mixed. You're mixed. You're mixed. And I'm like, no, I have two black no. parents. Yes. I'm and just, a lot of slave master. Yeah. Lineage. A lot of slave master yes. lineage. Uh-huh. I mean, that's yeah. how, the, you know, that's how you get, I guess, the, the light complexion. Well, there is something to it. Yes, there yeah. is something to it. So speaking of slave master lineage, mm-hmm. Jessica and I have had an interesting conversation about my own lineage, not the slave master side. Well, I guess it would be the well, slave master side. But I, all I had, it. yeah, all of it. I have, um, I just, <laughs> yes. yes. Um, so Jessica was my doula and can't be my somatic experiencing practitioner because we're too close. Mm. But, so she had to send me to someone else who's amazing. But she and Trion work together in this capacity. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to say that yeah, that's to the audience. To that yeah. is what they're that, discussing. It's not context. just, yes, yes, it's also our dinner conversation, mm-hmm. but they do also work in an official capacity. Yes. So those are the con- those are the conversations you're referencing, which I'm very excited about because yeah. I don't get to go to your therapy sessions, obviously, because that would be strange. <laughs> now just and so now and so now we're it's kind of like we're going to get to do like a mini live kind of <laughs> session. I don't know. So here we are. Uh, so I, that's funny. I shared with Jessica that I felt like I was sort of experiencing some tr- some trauma from a great 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 grandmother. I I had a, a great 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 grandmother who was a slave. And she birthed several children for her slave master and his wife. And these children passed as white and she nursed them and then they moved into the home and they were raised as if they weren't hers. And she had to passed. And she had to witness that. Yes. And they passed. So I actually have a whole lineage of family that are white people. And I don't know if they know this 
history. I don't know if they know who their mother actually or their great great grandmother actually is, which is very interesting. But when I had Sasha, I had she came out. She was very white. (laughs) She still is pretty white, but she's got an Afro guy. So we've got that going for us. But she came out. She was (laughs) don't don't question her Afro. We're going to call it, we're going to give her room, guys. Okay? She's doing the best she can. We're not going to show you pictures of Sasha's afro. hair today. I'm she has awesome to hair. That- photos of her hair. She okay. It's kinky. She, it's amazing, her hair. Yes. So she was she was really white when she came out, and I, I was really shocked. And my mom laughed at me and was kind of like, well, I don't know what you thought was going to happen, but... You know, mixed kids, you don't know. Any anything could happen. I just really wasn't anticipating <laughs> straight up white skin. I have, just... I have had this conversation with so many mixed people that I love so dearly who have white men in their lives. Right. And uh really think there's a chance that their child who would be three quarters white right. for the people that I'm talking about. Right. That that child might actually look blacker than they are. And I just I find it hysterical. Yeah. Because I'm so confused at how how you're thinking that that's an option because we've all you know um, there's those throwback genes we all you know there black are, people love to talk the, about there the throwback, are the throwback genes. genes you know the throwback so you just but your odds that throwback your gene. odds are a little out yeah. of your face and i honestly I, don't know my my heritage well, like i don't really know how white i that's do i obviously story. have some white somewhere in there i don't know how much it is so i don't even know what her percentage is well i think it's also um I mean, this is a bit of a tangent, but it also speaks to the ways we learn identity and the way that interacts with our children Mm -hmm. and ourselves and that there's the logic of it, but then there's just this deep stuff that I remember, um, oh, I I think he's a comedian. I'm so, oh, Aaron knows how awful I am with all things pop culture. (laughs) I am hopeless, but... um, uh, I think he's a black comedian and I heard him being interviewed and he's married to a white woman. And I remember him talking about the moment when he realized during his wife's first pregnancy that she wasn't registering, that she was going to have a black child. Right. That there was this conversation of like, you get, you're about to be the mother of a black child. I had the like, same conversation with Nate. Like, right. You understand you're going to be the parent to a black person. Right. I find that so and, and what's funny is you were having that conversation I know. with Nate, but you also weren't registering that Not you were about to become the child. parent of a It never very occurred light. to me that I was going right. to, to be dealing with this dynamic. It just was right. like I was like, I we're black. This is a black household now. You gotta get in with it, Nate. Here are the books. Like right. even, have the conversations. even though there's one of each in the building. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is not logical, right? It's not it's logical. Like deep it's stuff in it us. is. And yeah. I think those things don't come out until you have a child, until you're bringing a child into the world and you think about how you want to raise them. And then you're looking over at your partner and you're like, oh. I wanted to I raise my perplexed. children black, and now <laughs> I am completely perplexed. Well, and this. and there's how you want to raise them, and then there's what, what society the, oh, yeah. says about yeah. who they are and how they're going to be raised. Right, and also, I think the biggest surprise to me was how I was treated, who I was juxtaposed to her, and and how important she be- she was so important because she was this beautiful little white girl, and it was kind of like in black woman what do you do what are you doing here who are you in relationship to this beautiful white child i don't she's crying she's upset you can't solve it i mean i was often questioned like 
Mm-hmm. How are you going to take care of her in public? Like, how are mm-hmm. you? Because you're not her mom. Where's her mother? Who's going to save this white body that's in mm-hmm. possession of someone black and should not be? Ouch. That sh- yeah, that should not be. That was that was a lot of those were so many of my experiences in the first year of being her mom was. Sorry, oh, it gets me so emotional. So yeah. Um. So many of my experiences in the in that first year were was me was being told that um i had no right i i had no no Who's place telling with you her it, i felt that by society and by people just sort of i mean getting questions that i still get to this day that i can deal with but getting questions like she's yours you gave birth to her like the follow-up question yeah. of when i say yes and it was like but you gave birth to her yes wow that like the shock and I would always just let that sit. And then it was like a follow. I would get a follow up of her skin. You're so lucky. Someone said that to me. That a she, white person? Yeah. You're so lucky that she came out. I was just like, lucky that what? Lucky. I wanted, I was like, please finish the sentence. Lucky that what? Lucky that what? Her skin is just so beautiful. This is Stuff not, like, this is somebody you know. This is a no, stranger, this is a at, stranger the at the park. A stranger at a store said that to me. I mean, it happened everywhere. It happened everywhere. And I, part of what I'm hearing within what you're saying is there's that last example, which is a really explicit and shocking, horrifying example. But then there are the much more subtle ones, mm-hmm. right? Where it's, it's not explicitly racist. Mm-hmm. It's not explicitly making you other from your daughter. Mm-hmm. But um, like, oh, she's yours? Mm-hmm. And- and just the way that hits in in a deep felt sense that you could try to rationalize yeah. it away and you could oh well mm-hmm. and but there there's that I still carry it yeah I mean it's it would even be a look a double take right because I knew that this person was trying to make sense of what's the relationship here between these this woman and this child right what's going on here how are they connected and and. What was he? And then, you know, I know Nate has never, he's never been asked if right. this is his child. And I mean. Well, as soon as a man is caring for oh, right. a child, especially right. a white man. I mean, he's it's a like, celebration. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's it's so like, amazing. You take her to the park. It's like, <laughs> yeah. He's your yeah. dad. <laughs> I, I mean, he's a full fledged human being. He's her father. Yes. <laughs> he cares for her. Yeah. But he's, it's never a question of of um of their relationship or why is he with her how are they connected and i and i think so much and of i that actually is just, think she looks more like you yeah which is i do too which is the yeah the one of the painful things was i looked at her and and saw myself and but that wasn't validated by society i was gonna say something funny <laughs> you I can like you can you can i appreciate it when you do that is it because you see yourself as a white woman <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help. She couldn't good. help. She couldn't help herself. It was low. It was low. Is no. It was low. It was low. No. No. It's it's funny. <laughs> well, low I, and funny. Low and funny. <laughs> I thought it was good. I thought it was good. I there's the experience that you're having, and then there's all the experiences that you carry within your body mm-hmm. ancestrally. Mm-hmm. Right. And I mean, oof, I mean, just so much inside what you've already said. So one thing is not to go 
so deep into the lineage yet, but to just start with these body perceptions that um, we've talked before about the way our our experience, our beliefs, our feelings are really emerged from our felt sense and from the subtle nonverbal cues that we get from other people's eyes and stuff like that. And we hold that in our bodies and it informs our logical um, uh, meaning making and belief systems without us even realizing that it's informing it. Mm -hmm. And so the way, uh, you know, that thing where somebody says something to you, like stepping away from these examples you give and, and the race issues for a moment, we just, you know, the, the three of us could be in a room and somebody says something and each of the three of us is going to perceive it to be something different, mm -hmm. right? One of us will perceive it to be aggressive. One of us will perceive it to be assertive. One of us will perceive it to be neutral, like whatever it is, right? And that comes from the way that tone, that body language, that those facial expressions have held meaning for us in our past, mm, mm -hmm. right? So one of the things I think about in what you're saying of, oh, um, she's yours, and that it it would be easy for, let's say, a white mother to say, oh, that's not what was meant by that, right? right? But the reality is this is a, a kind of message that you've received in your body mm -hmm. as a black woman in this society that you're other, mm -hmm. right? And it comes in these really subtle ways mm -hmm. that you're used to a double take having a meaning about your race, mm -hmm. your, your color, mm -hmm. right? And so it those things land in our bodies and we can't make it not so. We right. can't talk ourselves out of it not meaning that because it has meant that for you. And it will land in you that way and it will land in your kid that way. Mm -hmm. And that's even setting aside the whole lineage thing. Right. Right. So if we kind of um, take this apart a little more and think about that this lands in our bodies and, and we make meaning of it, and then, as we've talked about before, that's how our children learn to experience themselves is from what messages they get in their bodies from others, mm -hmm. what, what subtle cues they get. Then Sasha moves through the world holding that as a meaning, and that gets passed down to her child, even if... She looks white and right. she has a child that looks white. There's a way her body will have habituated to making meaning of it that she doesn't even necessarily know she's making of it, mm. right? So then if we go back into slave ancestry and the way these subtle messages were given mm -hmm. to your body and um, you have very, uh, you know, a specific story of a, a matrilineal person who had babies sort of for the master that were, you know, that passed as white, raised as white, lived in the house, all of that. Mm -hmm. There's also the more um, subtle and definitely occurred thing of Black women's babies were taken away. Right. Slave women's babies were taken away from them, right? right? So there's already this thing that just by having that ancestry, there's a sense in some way 
that they're not as yours yeah. as a white woman's babies, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for I, example. I really carried that in the first year. I really, really carried that feeling of needing to constantly prove that she was mine and that she belonged to me. That was a right. real, that was like something that was constantly playing in my head of um, having experiences where I felt like someone was denying our connection. Right. And then I had to really turn, show them that no, 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 this, like, we are mother and daughter. We are connected. Right. And it's so complex mm-hmm. because it's woven to, like, there, there are these ancestral patterns in your body mm-hmm. of being prepared for a child to be taken away. Mm-hmm. As we've talked about before, the importance of feeling safety and mm-hmm. conveying safety through your body to your baby. Well, how do you really feel safety and convey safety when you're enslaved and you're prepared at any moment for your child to potentially be taken from you? You can't convey safety. There's going to be a kind of high alert Mm -hmm. that's there in your body and that's getting conveyed, right? So you're carrying that and then you compound that with this thing that you gave birth to a daughter who looks white, so you have this kind of these subtle interactions that are taking place that are reinforcing this deep body ancestral mm. thing. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be this kind of jumpiness. Yeah. That's like, no, no, she's mine. Yeah. She's mine, right? That, yeah. that will probably show up even in the instances where the other that's there is not conveying Absolutely, that. yeah. And then what people will tend to do, because as we've talked about before, we're in a culture that is so obsessed with logical thinking as though you can logically think your way through anything, which is, no, that's not what's happening. Mm-hmm. What I feel, and it's like, well, we actually have to set that aside for a moment and tend to this really intense threat that you are carrying. Right, because the threat is that somebody's going to take your baby. And you cannot talk someone out of that. You actually have to protect and hear and support that that's present. It it is real for you. Yeah. Regardless of how real it is and is not in a given moment. Mm -hmm. And even if it's not the extreme threat of someone taking your baby, it is the experiential threat of you're not valid Mm -hmm. you're not meant to do that you're not allowed to do that Mm -hmm. we didn't give you permission for that Mm -hmm. you can't this brown body can't have this white baby this brown body can't have this brown baby right um and so there there's so many layers to the intensity of the threat that your body is responding to Mm -hmm. that's right Mm -hmm. this this subtle um you know it might not even be a, um, how do I find the words for it? There are the times that there's acute threat and there's a big reaction in us, right? But then there are the times that there's the subtle hum mm-hmm. of being prepared for the potential threat. Mm-hmm. And that is in your physiology, yeah. like oh, yeah. the, the chemistry mm-hmm. and the actions of your tissues, mm-hmm. <laughs> of your flesh are doing that. And your baby is experiencing that. Mm-hmm. That is just there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's making me think of the conversation just you and I have had. And it's funny that it came up when we were talking with Bob and uh, Zeno. Is that my 
my reaction to that threat is to fight back and to prepare and that my and, and then when I had my rupture that we referenced with Zeno, when I'm six to 18 months and, and that nobody shows up, well, I'll just do it. The we'll all just do it is built in because of the ancestral experience of my enslaved past having to just figure it out. Mm-hmm. And so that's not coming, like it's not, it all goes together that that is my response to being left to my own devices mm-hmm. in that tiny little baby body who was not met with the needs mm-hmm. taken care of in that moment. And so it's it's so insanely layered and interesting to see how it goes together because that reaction is so directly linked to mm-hmm. my ancestral past. I mean, yeah. so much of our American ancestral past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And something that... that- Trion, we've also talked about is that Nate is Jewish. Right. And so then there's the ancestral trauma of that, mm-hmm. which is a very different ancestral trauma, right? right. The, the meanings the body makes of that right. are different. They're present, but mm-hmm. they're different. And so then you've got the interaction of, of, those, those, two. of those two, where it it's like in some ways it's confusing because it's like, well, that sort of lives in me, but that, mm-hmm. not that. Not and, that version of it, but it does live in me. Right. And and so then how do those interact with each other? And I mean, I, looking back, I think that was a big source of, of conflict between me and, and his mom of, of, I think she also felt this feeling of like, Nate's mom felt this feeling of like needing to protect what's hers and Sasha being hers. Mm-hmm. And needing and needing to have it, and 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 then that coming up against my my trauma of you know I don't want another white person taking my baby from me. Like those two things really butted heads. I think there was a lot of of history that she and I weren't aware of at play, right? Between our dynamic, right? Which is, and I I just got chills when you said that because like that's the thing mm-hmm. about this kind of ancestral trauma or you know early developmental trauma is it it plays out and you don't even know what's going on mm-hmm. it it's just there right and so then we look at okay so that that may have been playing out for Nate's mom but what's of course not being seen in this and it all being so unconscious is she is living in a major coastal city mm-hmm. in this time where basically she's not a Jewish woman she's a white woman right right so she gets to assert that right and have support around that mm-hmm. where you're still encountering it right so for right. her it's like a past thing right and for you it's a past and present thing right and it felt very much like that it felt like such a um this like push and pull between my past and my present or like a dance between my, my past, this past and my present were, and it was a past I wasn't even truly aware of until I had Sasha. Right. And it was the reality of, of at, as a black woman, I wasn't allowed to be in possession of her body because she was white. Like that, that was the message I got every day when I left, when we left the house. Right. And I remember I that you were talking about this gearing up. Like I would feel like this need to just kind of like pull it together because we're going to go outside and right. people are going to have a reaction and I need to have things I need to, I'm going to say back and I, I want to be prepared this time. It was like always about 
how was I going to face it and address it each time? And I always, I remember like before leaving the house, I would kind of tighten up because we're going to go outside and we're going to, something's going to happen because it happened. It was happening for some reason at that time daily. Mm-hmm. And I needed to figure out how, how I was going to handle it. So I wasn't going to either. I was well, so going to like feel so raw and vulnerable every time it came so mm-hmm. that you could kind of have some kind of defense ready to help protect yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what the damage of so many of the microaggressions do and what they then cause us to have to do as people of color, black people spending so much time and energy mm-hmm. and thought preparing for when these situations show up mm-hmm. because you know they're coming, you don't know where. And when you're taking up your time and your energy doing that, that means you're not doing other things. Yeah. That- I mean, really, basically, what you're not doing in terms of the body is you're not resting. doing cell repair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not doing metabolizing. Like, it actually... it. <clears throat> It inhibits the functioning of your physiology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. And then that's getting carried, right? Like if we think about that, you know, the eggs in Sasha right. were in you. Right. Right. Yeah. And living in this body, mm-hmm. gestating in this body that had some level of hypervigilance had Mm -hmm. some level of fear Mm -hmm. you know that that's that's getting like the groundwork of that is getting laid in the person who hasn't even lived the experience Mm. oh that's that's so moving to me there yeah there's a lot to uncover I think yeah. that's where the fun I was referencing <laughs> earlier might come in. The, well, that's just, the digging deep. Well, that's the, di- I mean, yeah. because that's, I, I think when you have the answers, and I would prefer to have the answer mm-hmm. even if it hurts, but to understand better how and why you move and experience and feel, I think is helpful. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. The awareness of, the awareness of it. And so, and it's heavy, and it's heavy, and it's a lot. It's a lot to try to process, and it's interesting to receive it intellectually and through thoughts, and then to create space for yourself to experience that in your body because there's so, and that's what I think I'm so interested in and so drawn to this somatic experiencing because you talk about it, and then you have to sit there and let your body process mm-hmm. through it. And we so rarely get enough time to process through things and experiences. And so there's your thinking of the experience, you're playing it back in your head Mm -hmm. and your body not knowing the difference between it happening again versus the thought or versus the original occurrence and listening to the subtle cues. First of all, figuring out how to identify to the subtle cues, which you need to sit and do the work with a professional to know how to do that. And then when you're in an experience to give yourself room to do it Mm -hmm. and it's, it's so slow and it requires so much patience and um, it's its own version of a new language of understanding what is happening in our bodies and the finishing of the loop and the culmination of the experience to process through it so that hopefully you can move it through and get, 
you know, the toxic energies and create space for the cell repair and to to mm-hmm. process these things through our bodies so that we carry less and less and less of them. Mm-hmm. Right. And I I mean, yes, having a professional help you is sort of the way to most uh, profoundly move through it. But also just, I think part of what is so important to me on any topic is making room for the irrational. Mm. And just because it's irrational doesn't mean it's not real Mm. as an experience for the person. Even more true for the moms of color, though it's true for all of us, that these irrational things will come up, that these responses that may or may not be matching the environment, Mm -hmm. that, that, the people who love you and are surrounding you may be saying that wasn't my perception of Mm -hmm. what happened. And that is kind of a potential cue for you that this is touching into something really deep and really old that may be from before you can remember in your own life, Mm. or it may be what was passed down in the subtle dynamics through moms Mm. and caregivers. And, and that, that, should not be pushed away, but should actually, it's like, ah, oh, this may be bigger than than the actual situation. And that's a sign that it deserves care. Mm-hmm. Like that, that is, that is so real mm-hmm. yeah. that let's tend it and not talk oneself out of it. Yeah. I think that's, that's when you step into, into a space of thinking you're healing you're healing your ancestors, you're healing your mother, you're healing your mother's mother, your mother's mother's mother. You're healing those those women and those experiences by healing yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because time is not linear, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry to break it to you. <laughs> it's also making me think of how you've, um, Jessica, explained to me before just the basics of how humans want to be really seen, felt, and understood. Yeah. And when you're having those experiences and you're having the reactions to things you're not aware of, or you're having the the deep body reaction to a, a situation that might not present as severe as what you're feeling or whatever version of it, it really doesn't matter. But when you when you are find yourself in a situation where people are disqualifying what it is that you're feeling, I think that that's a space that creates a lot that creates new traumas for people oh, because gosh, you're yeah. being erased and your experience is being erased. And I know for us with our enslaved history, a lot of the stories, et cetera, this, the part of the mind control is erasing and invalidating mm-hmm. your experience, your reality, your reality, uh, your permission to do what you need to do to survive, which we've talked about when in our birth stories, how that translates now to today at the hospital when people don't believe that anything you say in terms of how you're feeling, Mm -hmm. they're disregarding what it is that you're feeling. Um, And so the invalidation of people's experiences is really, really dangerous Mm -hmm. is what that's just drawing me to. And, and it's, and it's, yeah, there are a couple things that, to say about that to just kind of highlight it a little more. Um, 
one of the things I have two mentors in somatic experiencing, uh, Kathy Kane and Steve Terrell. And one of the things they say is that what we all need is to be seen, to be heard and believe and to be believed. Mm, yes. I see believed, you, I yeah. hear you, I believe mm-hmm. you. That that's like, we all need that. Mm-hmm. And if we think about it in terms of evolution, if I'm in a tribe and there is danger and everybody is telling me there's not, then I'm really screwed because I have to handle the danger single-handedly. But if everybody is like, yeah, I get that concern, what do we do about it? It's like, great, we're good. The whole tribe or a decent number of us are getting together to handle the situation, which means it's a whole lot less dangerous, Mm -hmm. right? That's, That's part of why it's so important that we get that, that there's this clarity that, I'm not having to do all the figuring out myself, mm-hmm. which means I'm safer. Right. And and so, yeah, I mean, it's like we, moms and babies so deeply need to be seen, to be heard, and to be believed. And it, it doesn't mean that we have to um, ignore, you know, the the objective spaces surrounding it. Right. It doesn't mean that there's no value to say like, boy, that's not how I perceived it. Mm. And maybe that's not what happened. That can actually be really helpful, but it has to be connected with. And I hear that that's how it felt for you. Mm. And what do you need? What's that like for you? Mm -hmm. What can we do about that? Mm -hmm. How can I be here for you in that? Mm. To help mom. Close the loop. Exactly. To actually move through it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, oh, yeah, that that was my truth. Right. And I don't want it to always be my truth. Because right. these things you're describing do not feel good. No. You don't want to carry them. And, and I know you don't want to pass them on to Sasha. Right. Because it'll have its own complexity exactly. for her. Exactly. It, it's interesting what I'm realizing in talking about it is I, I think I just moved on. I didn't actually close the loop. I just put it away. Right. I, I stopped allowing it to have an effect on me or belie- right. believing that I had stopped allowing it. Right. It still is having an effect you on me. being aware of right. failing it. Right. Yeah. I stopped yeah. being aware you of kind the of feeling. kind of got a nerd to it. Right. 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 I can't help but um, to, it keeps popping up. Just also when you describe that experience and what so many people are going through now in the climate that we live under and in, in the gaslighting that is also involved with you having to experience that conceivably alone. Mm, mm-hmm. And part of the messaging is, that's not real. We've all decided over here that that's not real. So yeah. lady, one lady, we don't believe you. Mm-hmm. And that, um, it's just when we, when we ignore what we're feeling and what our bodies are telling us, we get into very dangerous places and there's just more and more and more open loops mm-hmm. to close. And that's the children show up and they, they provide such an a, acute opportunity to address these things in very, very simple ways. Mm-hmm. And it's just what makes it so special because if you just slow down enough, you can start to close so many of these little loops and like we're saying, you can you can 
heal up and down the ancestral line because when we heal it for us, we also prevent our little people from, from, experiencing car- from it. carrying it from us. Right. And so to have that awareness and to have that opportunity to do that um, and also take the time and never feel guilty for the time that it requires. I think there mm. is a lot of weight put on mm. to the invalidation of what we're experiencing so that then if we ever try to address it, well, what, you you what you don't yeah, have time for that. Time for that. You don't right. have time for that. It's not a priority. Right. That's not a priority when really at its core, it is of highest priority mm-hmm. because of how many things it affects indirectly mm-hmm. and subconsciously, and so much of our responses to day to day interactions have everything to do with our automatic response system mm-hmm. i don't know i'm i don't that's probably not the technical term but our automatic autonomic res- nervous system yeah mm. there you go so i knew, it, I, I, knew mean, I was close you, you're real I'm, getting, close. I'm getting better and better yeah the autonomic nervous system responses are what are guiding the majority of our interactions and so it's it's it has turned us into a zombie-like version oh yeah because we're so we're so out of awareness and then as a result out of control Mm -hmm. of those automatic responses and so we have expectations that people could behave differently but they can't if they have no awareness because it's they're being their bodies are driving themselves and that's another disservice of this intellectualized focus and the patriarchal focus on what are you thinking what are you doing it's it's a diversion from what's actually happening, which at some point, one or the other, is going to eventually have to come out. Mm-hmm. Right. It and does. so it's a matter of when and where and how mm-hmm. and how many people it hurts in the process. Mm. And so to have more conversation around ways to address all of these automatic responses is, to me, amazing and game-changing because I think it really offers one of the few real opportunities to actually create an mm-hmm. effect, a change in how we function and move. Yeah. Well, and it also lends to just a much more rich experience of life. Yes. Right. right? I right. mean, and when you say there's no time for that, you know, really what you're saying is we're not safe enough to engage with our life and to have a rich experience of life. It's mm-hmm. like we can't afford that. There, there are limited resources here. So, you know, keep like being on task. Keep, yeah. move, keep doing, yeah. keep moving forward, right. keep going. Put that right. away, put that away, right. put that other thing away. Don't yeah. feel. Right. And it's, I mean, this is a, a slight, slightly off topic, but it, it keeps coming to mind that, you know, this, this thing about our emotional responses and our automatic responses, I, you know, when we think about toddlers and the, things they melt down about, right? Mm-hmm, and yeah. I, I like to give the example of something like, you know, you serve them lunch on the blue plate <laughs> and you have like a 20 minute meltdown yes. that it wasn't the green plate. right? And this is not rational, but for their experience, I mean, probably just in their mind, they were imagining it was gonna come on the right. green plate. Like yeah. who knows, right? <laughs> but it, it feels within them like they are deeply not okay. Mm-hmm. But once that's happened, as you know, I know every parent can 
can speak to if you then say okay i'll switch it to the green plate it doesn't matter right then it'll get even worse yeah right because really what it's about is not the green plate or the blue plate what it's about is something inside me is really hard right now Mm. and actually what they need is just to have somebody sit with them Mm -hmm. and be with how hard it is yes Mm. can you expand Mm -hmm. on that because that that i think has been an insanely useful tool for me. My Same. children very rarely, rarely tantrumed. Right. And I think my child tantrums constantly and I do this every single time. Mm. Well, and, and I think that's because it, it, it was a combination of the observing and also something you said to me once that that it was like when that's happening, they need to get very close mm-hmm. and they need to come. And for me it has always been a an opportunity or an invitation for me to help them settle back down again. Yeah, so talking about that um, that process. I mean, it, it goes back to what we brought up before of I see you, I hear you, I believe you. Yeah. Right? And what's happening in that moment is not I needed the green plate. What's happening in that moment is I'm struggling. Yeah. And... And what they need is a parent or a caregiver who will sit down on the floor yeah. at their level, yes. registering within themselves to the best of their ability that the parent or the caregiver themselves is safe, yeah. that nobody is being harmed here, that nobody's in danger here. And as you're registering within yourself that I am safe, we are safe, there is conveyed through your your beingness, I see you, mm-hmm. I hear you, I believe you. I see you're having a hard time. I hear you're having a hard time. I believe that it's really hard. Right. And you don't need to say it. You just it's just like the being there. The being that. there and and like you said before, there's no need to reference the plate. No. Because it doesn't God, matter. The about worst the thing you can do is reference the well, plate. It's, it's just, not even about the yes, plate. No. It, it's only about the experience. The experience right. and and the reminder and the recreation of being in a safe place. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, to to make it a little more accessible, we all know those times that we've picked a fight with somebody we love. I was just thinking that. About something, yeah. you know, about the trash or like right. just the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. And then you're going back and forth about the thing. Right. It's, not, it's not about, about the, the thing, thing yeah. at all, right? Mm-hmm. It may be about something that happened last week or something that's been festering, or it may be just you had a really crappy day right. and you're kind of take, you just want to like, yep. right? It's the kid version of that. It's the toddler yeah. version yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, and if the person is like, well, last week I, I mean, it just is like a disaster. Right. Right? It's like, well, then no, you know, it just, <laughs> so just like ratchets the whole thing right. up like right. crazy, right? So, yeah. And I think, I think one adult's ability to do that is easier to achieve if you also are having an awareness around being able to do that for yourself Mm -hmm. and having other people who are seeing you hearing you and believing you that's a big part of it is is well yeah what's being reflected in your own and that's why it's so important to have the right people around you right yeah right i wonder and you don't have to but i wonder if you want to speak treon to what it's like for you when that's happening with sasha 
And because when I, she's having the tantrum, when she's having the tantrum and you find yourself doing this thing that mm-hmm. just ratchets it up. And I, I'm asking that because you are so not alone, right? right? There yeah. are so many moms that just the, the intolerable internal experience, whether they think they're supposed to figure it out via the plate or they sort of quote, know better, right? they can't help themselves, right? Yeah. So I think it would be really great to talk about that if you're willing to or able yeah. to. Yeah, I think... Um... And and I think for me, it goes back to when she was really small and she would cry. It was like, for me, it's always like, I have to fix it. I'm supposed to fix it. I can fix it. I'm, I should be able to fix it because I'm the adult in the situation. Get the mm. situation together, solve it, solve it, solve it. And it it's about taking whatever's happening and like trying to minimize it really as quickly as mm. I can. Mm. Like how quickly can I diffuse this situation? Because that's a reflection of how good I am as a mom, how right. quickly I can get her from being hysterical to like, now she's fine. I solved this problem. Right. It's solved. I did it. Right. We solved that problem. Right. I think it's it's really about that. It's like. It's about your fear. It's about, and it's really about controlling my own, how I, what it's bringing up for me, what the feelings that it's, that it's sparking inside of me, where it's like, I feel out of control. I feel like right. I'm not in control of this situation. I feel out of control. Right. I need to get it under under control so right. I can be back in control. Right. And I <laughs> I know the people <laughs> listening can hear it in your voice, like the speeding up of your voice yeah. and then the sort of staccato slowing it down. Yeah. And I wish people could see the gesture you're making. And there's yeah. like such a pointing to your sort of chest in this yeah. like panicky way. Well, because way, that's where it all right? lives. Right. She's having the tantrum. It's, it's all living inside of me as it's happening to her. I wonder if you're able to kind of drop in a little bit to right now sense what that's like in your body and describe it because most people don't know what that means, right? Like to to feel the feelings. People mm-hmm. are like, oh, sad, happy, mm-hmm. scared, right? But what we're talking about are much more subtle feelings. Yeah, and- I mean, for me, it, my, my jaw, my lower jaw gets tight. Mm-hmm. Um, my neck gets tight, my voice tightens up my shoulders rise Mm -hmm. and my chest kind of all everything kind of just moves in everything moves in as my neck and my um my jaw gets tight right so it's like this constriction Mm -hmm. all through that area Mm -hmm. and it seems like there's a speeding up that happens as well i get yeah my heart starts to race yeah i almost am not even completely in my body yeah yeah, you're and you're making this gesture almost like your it's like your head is wobbly or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. And then I wonder as we're identifying these subtle sensate experiences you're having, how it's changing as we talk about them. As we talk about them. Well, as we talk about them, they there's little relief, like just little bits of release. And how does that release happen? Like how do you experience that? My jaw loosens, my shoulders mm-hmm. drop, my chest isn't constricted. Yeah, you just took a fuller breath yeah, without sort of making yourself do it. It right. just happened, yeah. Right. So I think that's a really good example of this way that we keep talking about like paying attention, feeling it, mm-hmm. feeling it, noticing what's there of what we mean by that, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not 
that calming yourself down so you're the calm mom, right? Right. But it's actually like, whoa, okay, there's this constriction, there's this fear, there's the tension in the jaw, there's all this stuff. And just noting it, bullet point identifying it, mm-hmm. and it begins to change. Yeah. It has less of a hold on you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it can even be something that moms do out loud with their kids. Yeah. You know, especially when they're little. Yeah. Right? It's like, yeah, I'm kind of freaking out right now too. Yeah. I feel like I want to panic, which is far and away better than like, it's okay. It's okay. We're going to, you know. (laughs) You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. I'm going to get the green plate. Here it comes. Here it comes. Right. And it's like everything about what she's saying and doing does not seem fine. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Or even worse, stop crying. Stop. Stop. Don't get upset. Don't get upset. (laughs) That was a little mini session, Mm -hmm. (laughs) BT-dubs. That's what it's like when you're in session and the description of what's happening and the identification of what's happening. And one thing I think you guys, not of your experience together, but I think there's also the extra layer of um, judgment from the outside world. And so the judgment from the outside world is also participating in you wanting mm-hmm. to uh, control it mm-hmm. for yourself, but I think even more so for the public at large mm-hmm. so that the judgment doesn't come, which goes back to the this lady doesn't have anything under control. And it makes me laugh because it brings me back to Jessica teaching me very early and regularly and exhaustively <laughs> how little control I ever had and was ever going to have again and it was an illusion that that was even something that we did have and shifting to the place where you are only controlling the things that you can do which really is your reaction to what happens to you and around you that's the little bits that you do have control of when you can get to there that makes it easier because you can drop the expectation of needing to present like you have any control, mm-hmm. which I think is was very liberating for me because it was like, oh, yeah, he's on the floor. I don't, you know, we're going to try and figure out what's happening here, guys, but I have no idea what he's doing. So, you know, yeah, that may be interrupting your lunch. It's also interrupting my lunch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, okay, yeah, it's happening. It's happening right here down. Everyone can see. But to, I think, get, you know, when you when you bring the 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 goal of the experience back to trying to figure out what's happening for you and them. And if you can't just give it room to watch it play out, to learn what you can from what's going on, Mm -hmm. that's, um, I I think that's where the, it's easier to identify. It's, it's easier to, just go through it and have to experience it because you don't have to put on the extra bits. And I, and I think that's one of the things that I dislike the most about the systems and these books and all of that is because they're really only there to then turn around and tell you that you're doing it bad. Mm -hmm. And when you're carrying that around, it takes the discovery out of it. And that just misses the whole point we don't know we and then can't you've lost know. the joy and you've lost yeah. the joy and the joy is, is like yeah he's doing it mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. he's right. doing it again and i took the kids out for dinner too late the other night after a birthday party and sadie goes why do we have to eat at a restaurant why don't you just get food so we could eat at home 
And I was like, yeah, that would have been better. But I didn't get the food. And yes, I and know. And now we're at the restaurant. And now and we're, we're at the restaurant. Eat. And I'm already sorry about it, but it's happening now. So, like, your brother is gone to every table. I, I don't like it either. But here we are. And we don't have time to shift this now. So just please. Eat. Will quickly. you please eat the dumplings? And if you don't want to, just let's pack them up. Like we, But we're, you know, but me being able to stay as level as I possibly can, kept it under control, so mm. to speak, because if I started to rev like, oh my God, it's happening, it's happening, right. it's happening, then they're just gonna, and then we're just gonna really take it up to the place where we're putting on a full show for everyone in the mm -hmm. restaurant. And instead I was like, yeah, he's just, he's gonna get up and down and he's gonna interact with people. And, you know, then I go back to Jess in my ear, well, people just wanna be connected. So maybe he'll make somebody laugh. I don't know. You it's just, true. you tell yeah. yourself what every, like we're allowed to be people and we're out here in the world moving around and we're gonna bump into each other. And that's fine. It's fine and it's gonna happen. So expect that it does, so that when it does, it doesn't make your whole world come crashing down. Well, and I would add that, that, staying as level as you could is not being even right no. it's not yeah. like it's fine sadie yeah here we are you you know eat your thing like it's not this kind of controlled flat line right, right? No. it's like well you're totally right this <laughs> yeah. is ridiculous it right it's not it's my being, ideal situation it's being on the In, ride right. of emotions right. and feelings and ridiculousness and right. whatnot without it sort of going into total chaos or total rigidity, mm -hmm. right? And, um, oh, I had another thought. It's totally gone. Well, you guys, I actually, I feel like we could talk about this forever, the three of us. I mean, it's possible. I mean, it is. It is. And we will. And we, I will not, continue the conversation. Yes. But we have to say bye. Ugh. We uh, don't want to. We have to say no! bye. I know. I know. Ugh. Jessica, thank you, thank so, you so much, much. for being here. Thanks, guys. Thank you for everything that you do for mm -hmm. us. Mm. Thanks for being so great. You are amazing. And for Fun. taking all of the extra hours to get this deep, deep knowledge and then parsing it on us in I tiny know. little bits <laughs> that we can digest. Well, I will right. say that is my version of fun. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I'm bringing it back. I knew it was there. I knew it. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. We are moved to have these private conversations more publicly because it is time. And we hope to inspire you to have larger conversations with you and yours. You can check us out at our website at bbsrtrash.com. That's bbsrtrash.com. And you can engage further on the socials at BBs Are Trash. Bye. Bye.